Hello. Before we get started with this week's episode, we just wanted to share a fun, great new podcast called The Chiller Queen. We're going to run their trailer right here, and you should definitely check it out. Hello, all you weirdos or normal people. Who cares? We are all friends here on the Chiller Queen podcast. I'm your host, Avery. And if you are anything like me and you trust absolutely nobody, let me take you on a journey into the crazy world of true crime, nutty conspiracies, and bizarre true stories that will send chills down your spine. Enjoy new episodes every Wednesday to keep you chiller. I'll see you there. Stay weird, my friends. And don't forget to question everything. line (laughs) this is a what if i told you podcast a show that just wants to live laugh and love (laughs) i've been doing a lot of things lately that are not very live laugh love of me yeah listen i tried to live in the exact opposite of that sentiment (laughs) do you want to hear something cool I don't know. Um, I don't know. (laughs) So I have been upset about this for months at this point. The jeans I'm wearing right now are my favorite pair of jeans. And we've had this talk before. Okay, yeah. But I haven't been able to wear them because one of the thighs ripped out Mm -hmm. after a year. Not years. I haven't had these for years. I've had these jeans for like three or four years. Um, For those of you that have thigh gaps that are listening... When you don't have a thigh gap and your jeans rub together as you walk, you get holes in the thigh crotch part of your jeans. Mm. Anyways, so I sewed that bitch closed yesterday. Why did I wait so long to do that? I don't know. I don't think it's holding up very well. I'm feeling a little spot. I should have sewed a little more. Mm-hmm. But we can always fix that shit. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a similar issue. I have a specific pair of jeans that are one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had them for probably two and a half to three years at this point. One of the thigh crotch, it, it, it's rubbed. It's the friction. Yeah. And it thins your denim. Right. I was at work and obviously went to the bathroom and I was like, Wow. Look at that. Hole in the crotchal. It's really upsetting because I just don't know at what point they're going to make like reinforced, reinforced thigh areas. Yeah. And it, it's not the whole thigh. It's just th- like this much. That one specific part. Yeah. Make the denim reinforced right there. I know. You know, when that stuff happens, it really is just like the cherry on top. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just glad that <laughs> I saw it in a in the bathroom yeah. where nobody was around instead of like having to bend over and pick up something off the floor and all of a sudden boom, your ass is out. Right. Right. And then you would have had yeah. It would have been a bad deal. Yeah. Then you have to, what are you going to do the rest of the day? I mean, I work like fucking 45 miles from my house. Like, what am I going to, I would just leave. I'd be like, hey, listen, my ass is out. I got to go home. (laughs) But yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So for those of you who don't have that problem, just know that I don't really like you as a person. Mm -hmm. But honestly, who's that? I just don't know anatomically whose thighs don't touch because well, I mean of course they all do at some point but not to the point where the friction is rubbing holes in their jeans yeah I don't know I mean my, I don't have large like legs at all well no but it's, I mean some people have like real thigh gaps out here I like think, at no point are their thighs touching while standing I think that's a health issue it, I mean, that's how we have to justify it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm thinking of, like, my cousin, who is probably a size two. I mean, her thighs touch. Well, I see it all the time. I guess I'm just not paying attention, because I just don't see it. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's, like, right up in the crotch where you have to pay attention to. Mm. You know. I guess I need to look We're at not crotches. talking, like, pelvic to knee. You know, just that, like, three-inch area. Yeah. Some people don't, don't have to worry about it. Hmm. I mean, I don't want a thigh gap. I just don't want my jean crotch area to rip out. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, like, I don't know, high school age, I was pretty thin. I probably, in junior sizes, mm-hmm. I was probably a size three to five depending on the gene, because no genes are the same size. No. So that's fairly thin, right? Yeah. I mean, I also didn't have an ass at all. It was kind of a joke. People in my class would be like, I could fit your whole ass in one hand. I'm like, well, don't try it. <laughs> but, you know, are you getting a call? My patience for people lately is literally non-existent. Yeah. It's just fucking clowns everywhere. Dude, people are out here clowning. I mean, am I in a fucking terribly long dream? Hopefully. Where is Ashton Kutcher? (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny because Dakota says that all the time. <laughs> when He'll have, like, a day where everything at work is just going fucking wrong. And he'll come home and he's like, am I being punked? Where the fuck is Ashton? Yeah. For real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, it's, I mean, it's fucked. It's fucked. Everything about it. Fucking A. Any, I guess... You know, and last night I got Taco Bell, right? I was like, I've been cleaning all day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fucking treat myself. Yeah. It was trash. And they forgot to give me my chips with my chips and cheese. That's like 50% of that order that you made. 
yeah, it was fucking terrible. And those of you that don't have the thighs of your jeans rip out, just know that I hate you. <laughs> and that's all. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers. Please check out our Instagram, at least. Because <laughs> yeah. our TikTok is fucking MIA. Yeah, something is going on with the TikTok. In that it just disappeared. (laughs) When we try to log in, it says this account is locked. Mm -hmm. Go to report a problem to get this resolved. So I've done so, and I have heard literally nothing back. (laughs) So my next step is to find TikTok customer service contact info and reach out to them. We didn't get any emails or anything like that we posted something that's against community guidelines or whatever, no suspension warnings, which we wouldn't because our content is like silly, (laughs) silly shit. Yeah. We leave the, the good stuff for the actual show. Yeah. I mean, the last TikTok that I posted was on Friday and it was a Binks playing on like his cat stand so if that is against community guidelines then tiktok really needs to get it the fuck together (laughs) so i don't know what's going on but hopefully we'll get it resolved if not i'm gonna have to create an entirely new tiktok and (laughs) i mean i guess stand by (laughs) oh jesus yeah it's been it's been fun And, you know, we've been having our struggles with the merch situation. (laughs) Um, The good news is that people who have actually placed an order are getting their shit. Yeah. We're just not getting the money. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the back end of the stuff. The behind the scenes situation (laughs) has been a real nightmare. (laughs) It's just like everywhere we turn lately, there's a fucking problem. Yeah. Are we cursed? What Dude. is going on? Did someone curse us? It, you know, it's because I said 2022 is going to be a good year. Fuck. We've been cursed. You know, we're a friend of all magical creatures. Why? Can you guys help us out? For real. And Chip, we need some basement material. Yeah. As much as we are enjoying your random fun facts... <laughs> We need you to, like, address the questions we pose to you. (laughs) We don't want to talk about horse semen, okay? Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, (laughs) shit. But we're not eating anything. I'm drinking water. Um, I am also drinking water. I had coffee, you know. I spent my morning priming these canvases so that I could paint them. And drawing lavender plants so that I can watercolor them. My mom loves lavender plants. I think they're lavender plants. Isn't there like another flower that looks like lavender? I think honeysuckle kind of is the same shape as lavender, but it doesn't get as like tall. She has some things like that in her bathroom downstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lavender is very pretty. And smells very fresh, which is why I like it. Yeah. Um, I have a lavender sketch going to watercolor 
probably later today. Um, is this dry? Yep, the prime is dry, so I'll paint that as well. Perf. Yeah, that's the rest of my day is painting. <sighs> I couldn't tell you what the rest of my day holds. <laughs> I do have to go to the store. Dude. I filled up my gas tank yesterday. That's and, depressing. Yeah, it was $65. Your car has a tank that big? Yeah, apparently. Fuck. It hurt quite a bit, but with a full tank, I get like 460 miles on a full tank. Mm. I think it's like a 14-gallon tank. Mm. I think mine's 10. Yeah. So... It hurt quite a bit. Yeah, that's, I mean. And costs... I, know, I know I can't complain because there's people out here paying a lot more for gas, but I'm still going to complain about it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a misconception that people have is that you can't complain because there's someone out in the universe that probably has it worse than you. But that's, you know, someone else having a worse time doesn't mean that your time isn't also bad for you. Right. You know? Like, I'm having a pretty bad time over here. Yeah. I mean, it's valid. <laughs> I always hear people, like, be grateful for what you have because someone out there has it worse. Like, you know what? Fuck off. I get to be upset if something is going wrong in my life, despite yeah. the fact that others out here have it worse. Like, of course we know that. Obviously, I am aware that there are people that have it worse, but I can have a bad fucking day. Yeah. Thank you very much. Jesus, goddamn Christ, get off my ass and let me complain. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. You know what? I feel like we are living... In one of the most successful, largest cults of all time, and that is the U.S. of A. Yeah, exactly. It is giving me hella cult vibes right now. <laughs> There's just no way to get out of here, though. No, uh, no. It t it takes a lot. Although, you know what? TikTok is giving it to the people right now. It is showing there are so many creators that are telling you the ways in which you can relocate to another country like well not if they keep locking people out of their accounts that's true tiktok fuck it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't it doesn't it, it has to be an error of some sort that we are the victims of that's what I've been telling myself for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, listen, I did download, uh, not download, but look up the steps to create an InstaFeed account. And this is going to solve all our problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are probably out there wondering what our feet look like. Well, <laughs> your time is coming. Yeah. I mean, listen. I am not above. No, they're just feet. They're just feet. I'm, you know, obviously going to cover up my identifying features 
right. being the tattoo I have. Yeah. Look, I don't care. I'll, you know, wrap my feet in lace, take photos of them. <laughs> I'll take photos of my feet covered in paint, whatever. That's amazing. I mean, I'm not even kidding. I feel like making money selling my feet to people who like them is exactly the same as selling a t-shirt to people who like them. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey. We could put our feet on tees. Yeah, we can. We'll, we'll put, they'll get one photo, four feet, one t-shirt. <laughs> it's oh like a two for one, but a four for one. <laughs> Oh, can you guys tell we're the spiral squad right now? <laughs> oh, god damn. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this cult. Let's let's do it. Uh Today we're talking about Angel's Landing. Well, and it's exactly what you expect it to be. Terrible. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> I wonder if there's a cult out there that's not terrible. Has that, to be. That you, like, look it up, and it's got all of the hallmarks of a cult. Commune, um, you know, no outside jobs, homeschool, on the compound, its own religious beliefs, a doomsday, but there's no weird sex element, and everyone's happy. Can we just have a cult that is not religious or sex-based? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. Listen. What's up with the weird sex? Yeah, and, like, we don't have to fucking worship anything. Let's just chill. Yeah. We don't have to live together either. No. Just buy a big plot of land and have a huge community garden and school our children and fucking... You know, still have internet access, but just kick it. Yeah. You know what? Actually, none of that really sounds like what I want to do, though. I don't want to live near other people. Well, I mean, we don't have to be super near other people. Yeah. Maybe like a good acre away from the community garden, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's pretty good distance. That is a distance. That is a distance. I I still, you know, my mom always finds these, like, memes of, like, families who live on one plot of land, and I'm like, ooh, but that really goes against my 30-minute rule. You have to live 30 minutes from your family. You have to. <laughs> the way to keep yourself sane and your relationship with your family strong and uncomplicated is 30 minute distance it's the true key because they can't pop in on you randomly when you're not expecting it and you know you kind of have a little bit of an excuse to either not go to something you don't want to go to or to leave an event whenever you want you know, my drive home, I don't want to drive late, or blah, 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 you know? <laughs> That's true. So, I love my family, but ooh, I don't want to see you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, we can figure it out. We'll get our we'll get our cult details all ironed out and let you guys know when we're ready to bring in members that we'll never have to associate with. I think we've already established that with this podcast. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay, I'll start. She'll I'll, start. I'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. So, Angel's Landing um, had a cult leader named Daniel Perez, right? Yeah. Also known as Lou Castro. Because, of course, a cult leader has to have multiple names. Yeah. Um, he told his followers that he was a centuries-old angel who could see the future, predict their deaths, and heal their injuries. Totally. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of localish to us because the compound was in Kansas. We are not in Kansas, but very close. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, in like a rural rural area outside of Wichita, Kansas, which, I mean, it's a couple hours away from here, yeah. probably. Yeah. So let's talk about old Daniel. The story starts in Texas in the mid-1990s. And uh, that's not surprising. No, it is not. No. He had been living there when he met Trish Gomez, and the two of them dated for a while, but they just ultimately remained friends. In April of 1996, Daniel Perez met a woman named Marilyn, along with her son and 14-year-old daughter, Michelle. So Perez allowed this small little family to stay with him for a few weeks as Marilyn was getting ready to move to Amarillo. And it was during that time that Perez forced Michelle to have sex with him on several occasions. So we can see where this is going. Yeah. And just for clarification, Michelle is the 14 year old daughter. Yeah. If you didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, These rapes continued even after the family moved, and charges would be eventually filed against Perez for the rapes, but the case was dismissed when Perez was found dead in Mexico. Plot twist! However, (laughs) Daniel Perez was not dead. So we have a faking your own death scenario here. What? I don't think we've ever had one of those. We have not. Um, Later, he would state that he pled guilty to the charges and was given probation. On his way to his sentencing, he had been abducted by four uniformed men who beat him and left him for dead. Um, He wasn't sure if he was dumped in Texas or Mexico. He claims that Trish had found him and had taken him to some place that cared for him until he recovered. And once he recovered, he moved to Corpus Christi, Texas. (laughs) So, and that's the last we hear about the faking the death scenario. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I don't know what on earth. I never... Apparently, it just like, wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. You're like, oh, shit. He's dead. Oh, wait. He not dead. <laughs> but we're still, like, going to, like, sentence him for his crimes? <laughs> guess not. What's up, dude? I don't understand. Um, He didn't stay in Corpus Christi very long, and by the summer of 96, he had moved to North Dakota. He was 46 years old at this time. 
he met a 15-year-old girl called K.L., who believed that Perez was much younger than he actually was, and the pair soon began a sexual relationship. It was during their relationship that Daniel Perez convinced K.L. that he had magical powers. Mm. He claimed that he could make it rain, see someone's past, present, future, and like all their lives, and could also communicate with the other side. So he's like, he's got it all going on right now. Yeah, he's the whole package. He's almost omnipotent. Yeah, zero red flags. Totally. It was three months into their relationship when the honeymoon ended. Um, Law enforcement came to KL's home and arrested him. They then deported him to Mexico. However, he was a United States citizen. So they fucked up, is what we're saying. They fucked up. The couple remained in contact uh, via phone over the next year, but KL did not know where Perez was living. Yep. So, at this point, Daniel Perez is back in Corpus Christi, Texas, but he had, at this point, assumed the new identity of Lou Castro. And he did not remain single for very long. He met a woman named Mona Griffith who appeared to live in the same apartment complex as Perez slash Castro. The two, aha, Mona had a 14 year old daughter and a son named Cody and they all lived together. Um, we get Trish back. Perez's friend Trish also moved into a nearby apartment complex. So they're a little group now. They didn't stay in this area very long. That's kind of a trend with anyone associated with Daniel Perez is they just move all over the place. Um, They moved at this point to Wichita, Kansas. Uh, But Mona's son Cody stayed behind with his father in Texas. Good call, Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, KL joined the group in Wichita. But she only stayed for two weeks in Wichita before returning to North Dakota to finish school. Good call. Um, after KL left, the family moved on to South Dakota. So they were in Wichita. They went to South Dakota. In South Dakota, Trish, whose full name is Patricia, by the way. Trish met a man named Brian Hughes. They started dating and eventually got married. So Patricia Hughes. Keep this name in mind. That is Trish. Mona, who was Daniel Perez's girlfriend, but... I guess they broke up because she also met a man named Jim and Mona and Jim became a couple and then became engaged. A lot of things going on here. There's a lot of moving parts and people getting engaged. Yeah, this is kind of a cluster. So while in South Dakota, Perez slash Castro, Trish and Mona met with an insurance salesman. And Mona took out a $750,000 life insurance policy on herself 
and she named her daughter Lindsay as her beneficiary and named Trish Lindsay's caregiver. Okay. Okay. And as you would probably assume, tragedy soon strikes Mona and Jim. The newly engaged couple, along with Mona's daughter Lindsay, went missing. When the plane they had been on disappeared. Jim had a private pilot's license and had taken them up one day and didn't, uh, didn't return. So, obviously, Perez slash Castro and Trish attempted to cash in Mona's policy, but the insurance company would not release the money since Mona's body had not been recovered. But they were not deterred. Uh, they repeatedly visited the insurance agency while the search for the downed plane continued. However, no, eventually, <laughs> the wreckage were was found and death certificates were issued for Mona, Jim, and Lindsay. And then Trish would be paid the death benefits. Hmm. Hmm. In the summer of 2001, Trish, Brian their newborn daughter, Nicole, along with Perez Castro and KL, moved to Lee Summit, Missouri. (laughs) They all moved into a home that was purchased in KL's name. And after three months, the group moved back to Wichita, where they lived in some townhomes while looking for a permanent housing. And upon settling in Wichita, Trish then took out a $1 million insurance policy on her own life that included an accidental death rider. Her husband, Brian, was the beneficiary and KL the co-beneficiary. You guys. That was too much. I feel like the... The trickery here is obvious. We have insurance policies all over the place. And everyone knows that an exorbitant insurance policy is a red flag. Yes, absolutely. 100%. For sure. So now on to the belief system. Yeah. Which It's not, like, too crazy. No. It actually is wildly simple. So, in addition to this uh, little group that we have going on was Jennifer Hudson. She was um, their real estate agent from Missouri who moved with her two two daughters, Emily, age 10, and Sarah, age 17. Jennifer had sold Castro and his group property in Missouri when they had stayed there for a short time in 2001. And while working on the real estate transaction, Jennifer had spent a lot of time with Castro, and soon their friendship developed into something more. Of course. Jennifer would end up divorcing her husband and moving her and the girls to Wichita, Kansas in June of 2001. Um, So Castro had gotten the girls and others to believe that he was over 100 years old. And his body was often inhabited by one of three angels. Three angels. Three. Um, 
Arthur. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> and then Amber, who just happened to be the angel of death. Uh, is Amber really the angel of death? Uh, oh, I have to Google it now because there's got, okay. Okay. So now it's giving me like a, a song. Uh, Asriel is the angel of death in some Abrahamic religions. Who is the angel of death? I bet her name's not Amber. I know. What does the Bible say about angel of death? Uh, it, it, okay, it doesn't have a name. Samuel is also depicted as the angel of death in one of the seven archangels. This would be a good Chip's basement. Chip. This is... I mean, do or die right here. You gotta tell us the lore of the angel of death. Yeah. And it is it Amber? <laughs> oh, who is Satan's wife? Lilith! I knew that. I fucking knew that. Okay, anyway. Um, Trish would tell others that when he was young... Castro had actually died, and when he came back, he had all these powers. Right, so he died in Mexico. Right. And then he got all these powers. And both Emily and Sarah, being young and impressionable, believed um, what the adults were telling them, of course. Obviously, they were brainwashed. Duh. By the spring of 2002, the small group had purchased three homes side-by-side in Sedgwick County, Kansas, which is outside of Valley Center. The group referred to their collective as Angel's Landing. Mm -hmm. The first house came with 10 acres of land, and that was purchased by Trish, and Jennifer soon bought the adjoining 10 acres and built two homes on it. And the third parcel was purchased and built upon completing what looked like a compound due to the home's placements. And also on the properties were barn-like barn structures that housed the group's various vehicles and Castro's large model airplane collection. Oh. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Now, Castro seemed to meet all of the group's needs. Of course. They were living a very extravagant lifestyle with lots of material possessions. Um, it was an angel's landing that Emily had moved into the master bedroom with Daniel Perez. Gross, gross, gross. She was 10. She was fucking 10. And he had convinced the group that he needed someone pure. Oh, God. To share his bed with as he was a seer and needed a young female virgin to take care of him or he would die. In January of 2002, Castro um, forced Emily to do things she shouldn't have to be doing with a grown man. Um, mm -hmm. He also forced her older sister, Sarah, 
And by 2007, the acts of sexual violence increased with all three of the girls. And on two occasions, Castro threatened all three of them at gunpoint if they didn't comply with his commands. And he even threatened to kill Emily and Sarah's father and KL with her own life if she didn't step up. So things are taking a a pretty pretty weird turn here. Yeah, it got gross real fast. Got gross. Yeah. Um, So there's not really any structure to this cult. We know we had a little bit of a conversation about this before we started recording. All of our other cults that we've covered were pretty intricate. Yeah, they were very culty. Yes. Like, the belief system was was all very complicated. The hierarchical structure was all very complicated and intricate. Like, if we're thinking, you know, uh, Nexium is probably the most detailed. That one was very, very layered, detailed complicated like super intricate lots of people lots of moving parts this one (laughs) it was like a handful of people yeah like just following a fucked up dude yeah just yeah the one dude and they're at the crux of all the cults we've covered there it does it does boil down to one dude yeah and his sexual perversions it's just that this one it took a lot less layers to get to that dude yeah um, so the, basically the dynamic in Angel's Landing was that Lou Castro was the boss and Trish was his second. That was pretty much it. Mm. And he's got the three angels in him and that's it. Amber, Arthur, and Daniel. Whatever. I mean, first of all, one of those angels is his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he couldn't have at least like pulled out the Bible and picked yeah. angel names, you know, like he put no thought into this at all. No, he did not. Uh, so, and according to Emily and Sarah, Trish was essentially like a second mother to them. Um, with Jennifer being their real mother. It, it was not a particularly organized cult, wasn't intricate. Um, it just... It's just a weird situation. It's a weird situation. And there weren't ever, like, a ton of people involved. It was, like, 20. Yeah. And I guess that's all he needed, though. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, they are still out here committing crimes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and it, obviously, one of the motives of Daniel Perez in creating the Lou Castro angel persona is the sexual assault of the young female members. Duh. That is... Yeah. That's what he's doing. That's his motive. And that's what he wants. So he he regularly assaulted Sarah and Emily under the guise of fixing them. Um, 
and this abuse went on for years, all of the years that they lived at the compound. He was sexually abusing them, Sarah, Emily, and KL, who were all underage. And Emily was literally a child. Yeah. All of them were children, but she was 10. Yeah. So let's... A child child. A child child. Um, and later, <laughs> commune members would report that he told them that he needed to have sex with young girls to stay alive. Jesus H. I don't know. I just... I question these adults who had their children there. I, I know. We had this conversation when we were talking about, like, children of God, because similar things happened in that cult as well. But I just... I feel like they haven't known him for very long. He, no. There's not... I mean... He, I don't, it's so weird to me that they would just, he's not like using the Bible. He's not using their religion to, he's just saying that he's an angel and yeah. that he needs this to survive. I feel like your average adult would hear that and be like, mm, no, thank you. But, or maybe they are a little more open-minded and maybe they believe the angel shit but as soon as he says i need to have sex with young girls to stay alive i feel like your average adult is going to be like you know what nah yeah i don't think you do that sounds like a a guy's for you to be a pedophile um absolutely so i'm gonna go ahead and take my children <laughs> and we're gonna leave yeah and i might even call the police on you I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah. How, I just... How is this... How does that not seem off to these people? I don't even like it when people, like, look at my children wrong. Not even, like, in a creepy way. Just, like, a, the fuck you think you're looking at? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. No, thank you. No. Just, just don't even acknowledge that a child is present. Right. <laughs> That's not yours. Don't acknowledge. Yeah, do not look at it. Yeah, keep it moving. <laughs> um, so now we're going to get to the, the crux crime of this story. And by that I mean this crime led to the investigation into the cult as a whole. Right. And that's the death of Patricia Trish Hughes. So this is our second command. Mm-hmm. This is a leader, <laughs> the only other leader of this cult. <laughs> um, so in June of 2003, Sarah was on her way to a car dealership with Perez, and they were supposed to, I don't know, get a new car for her, I guess. I don't know. She she was supposed to meet Perez there. They weren't going there together, but she was supposed to meet him there. And then her little sister Emily calls her to tell her that Trish had slipped and fallen into the pool and that she was dead. Hmm. Okay. So 
Initially, the story is that Trish's toddler fell in the pool and she went into the pool to save the toddler and that she hit her head and then subsequently drowned. And so her death was ruled accidental initially because the investigators were kind of like, okay, that clocks, you know, that seems likely. What happened to the the toddler, though? Um, I think the story was that she had got, she jumped in the pool, got the toddler out, and in getting, trying to get out of the pool, slipped, boom, hit her head, bam, she's in the pool and drowns. Very freak accident. Very freak accident. But investigators are kind of like, uh, okay. That seems plausible, right? Yeah. And Emily was supposed to be, like, the witness. She's young, but old enough to kind of know what she saw. Right. So Perez has convinced her to tell that version of the story to the authorities. And so they believe it. But there's one detective who's like, "Uh, you know, I don't, this feels uh, sketchy to me. And that's Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office Deputy Ron Goodwin. He kind of already had his eyes on Perez. He was a little suspect. And he took an active interest in finding out what exactly happened to Trish. So, obviously he finds out that Perez collected $1 million after Trish died. Hmm. Very weird. Very weird. And eventually, Emily would later come forward and say that Trish's death was actually orchestrated by Perez. Duh. And the he, he told Trish that it was time for her to cross over. And they set up this ruse. He hit her in the head pushed her in the pool, and held her under the water until she died. That is... <clears throat> yeah. Fucked up. That's super fucked up. Yeah. Alright, so good old Detective Goodwin found a very disturbing pattern of expensive life insurance policies being taken out on people in Perez's circle and then cashed in by members. About every two and a half years, bank account balances would get low in the makeshift family, then someone would die. So there's that. It it was not the only death. um, Trish's was not the only death. Five more follow. Another man died when he was under a car and the jack mysteriously failed. Now, that was Brian Hughes, Trish's husband. Mm-hmm. So. Um, two more people died in a light plane crash. And uh, two more in a mysterious car accident. Mm. And in total, Perez and the group received more than $3 million in insurance payouts. So, that's intense. 
Yep. Now, what followed was a years-long investigation, which was difficult because Good- Goodwin didn't have police reports or, like, official victims or really know Perez's true identity. And he once tailed him to a restaurant and tried unsuccessfully several times to get his prints, but the cult leader proved elusive. That's super wild. Yeah. Because, obviously, at this time, he's going by Castro, so... Mm -hmm. Goodwin is thinking Lou Castro, but that's not his actual name. Right. In September of 2008, Sarah's mother died in a freak car accident. Shocker. Um, Sarah found solace in the arms of a man who had become her husband, Daniel McGrath. And Goodwin intensified his investigation, afraid that after another two years that there's going to be another death. Obviously. When McGrath realized some of what was going on in his girlfriend's makeshift family, he was like, uh, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. And he sent an email to the FBI through their website in 2010. So Goodwin began working with the federal agents and found the identity Perez was likely about to inhabit next in Tennessee. Yeah, so apparently... Perez was going to move on from Lou Castro into another phase of his identity and move the group to Tennessee. On April 21st, 2010, authorities arrested Perez at his new home in Tennessee. Yep. Sure did. So now we're going to go on to the charging phase. So he was eventually, he was charged with... 20 counts of sexual abuse of children with victims ranging from age 8 to 16, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and for the murder of Patricia Hughes. Uh, He was not charged with any of the other mysterious deaths, the car jack falling, the car accidents, the plane crash, because obviously they did not have the evidence to charge him with that. Right. But... I mean, it is clear yeah. that those were orchestrated. Um, during the trial, Daniel Perez didn't make any mention of the angel nonsense, nor did he tell anyone that he could predict their deaths. <laughs> but he stated that he had a genital malfunction that would not allow him to have sex with anyone who wasn't willing And thus, all sexual encounters were consensual and with people of age. (laughs) So, Emily, Sarah, KL, they were all lying, is according to him. Yeah. That's the dumbest way to deny the charges I've ever heard. Absolutely. What? We need a medical professional to weigh in on this. Chip. What? genital malfunction could he point to for this none none what a what a fuck perez also stated that he suffered from memory loss from the beating he got in 97 in which he died so he didn't remember anything about the millions of dollars of insurance money he collected and spent (laughs) cool oh god Um, obviously, the judge and jury didn't buy any of this, 
and he was found guilty in February of 2015, bro. Dude. Damn, that took forever. Uh, he was found guilty of fraud, child exploitation, rape, and first-degree murder. I'm Googling a picture of this guy. Oh, it's gross. What name should I search? Daniel Perez. Um, he was sentenced to two life sentences, and Detective Ron Goodwin said that the conviction was, quote, probably the most amazing feeling in my law enforcement career, end quote. Yeah, good job, Ron Goodwin. He stayed on it. He, he never gave up, and boom, Perez in prison forever. Judge Joseph Brabeska ordered that Perez would serve his sentences consecutively, making it so that Perez would not be eligible for parole until he is 120 years old. Boom. And this is what the judge had to say. Quote, the evidence conclusively shows that Mr. Perez used people as mere objects to fulfill his desire for money, sex, and a lavish lifestyle. And it is just that he served the maximum sentence. End quote. Correct. Absolutely. Let's see. The district attorney, Mark Bennett, agreed, calling Perez a puppet master. And the Wichita Eagle noted that the Kansas Bureau of Investigation sex offender registry showed Perez raped girls ranging in age from 8 to 16. So. Yeah, I just Googled a picture of him. And I'm really not sure who would trust this guy at any point. But, I mean, the damage has been done, I guess. Truth. Um, here's some words from Sarah and another victim about being survivors. And then really that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read these, how they show. Uh, Sarah told this to Fox news. You can survive a traumatic event. You can move on and life can be good after a storm. She said that living on the property with her family and the other members of the commune was fine at first, which I'm sure that's how everything always begins. Yep. She said, in the beginning, it was like a huge support system and everyone was close. In the beginning, things were all fine and dandy, but it didn't take long for things to turn. When she went to court to testify against her abuser, she was obviously terrified. She said, it was extremely scary I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to do it. With the help of the district attorney and his assistant, I was able to do it. If it weren't for them and my husband, I wouldn't have been able to. Um, another one of his victims later said in court, quote, I was 10 when my childhood was over. While other 10-year-olds were riding bikes or playing with dolls, I was laying in a bed with a pillow over my head just waiting for it to be over. While other 13-year-olds were getting boyfriends and holding hands, I was holding on to my secret and losing the people I loved one by one. When other 16-year-olds were experiencing the freedom of learning how to drive and planning parties with their friends, I was planning my own death every day when I drove to school. That's Ugh. fucking heavy. Yeah. Thank God. The gods. That he will be in prison forever. Yeah. Fucking deserved, man. Fuck you, Daniel. Yeah, what a gross person. Ugh. Disgusting. Well, you know what? We can all rest assured knowing that 
the people he is going to be in prison with will know his crimes and will punish him accordingly. Absolutely. So, fuck you, Perez. Yeah. Um, so, that was an upper. Yeah, that was kind of exhausting, actually. It really was exhausting. Um, yeah, it was exhausting. But, you know, we're out here giving information to the people. Right. And what you can do with these little knowledge nuggets that we're laying on you every week is uh, avoid being in a cult. Yes, please do that as best you can. Yeah. Let's see, what's, what are we doing next? I think... Oh, I opened the wrong doc. Our, the ones that we're doing next, I think we have a pretty solid lineup. Um, whenever... Uh, 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 which one? Oh, know. yeah. Well, the next one's pretty sad. Um, we have too many documents in here, and I'm overwhelmed now. Yeah. So. Uh, da, da, da. It is solid, though. Yeah, I know that um, we... What do I have happening here? Nothing. Just go to docks great. instead of drive. What? No. It's so much easier. Here we are. This is what I was looking for. See? Oh, oh yeah. The, the next one's really terrible. It's yeah. probably, like, really horrifying. Yeah. Um... We have, like, I think the month of September is going to be a good one. Yeah, August is going to be fucking good, too. August is going to be real good. The rest of this month is going to be sad and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. So, yeah, please do um, what you should be doing as a fan of the podcast mm-hmm. and rate and subscribe and follow our socials and, yep. you know, yep. send us yep. a little yep. message. Check out our merch. Buy some cool shit and some swag. Yeah. Um, and I know it's July, but we're gearing up for spook season. Mm-hmm. We have the entire month of October planned to be a hella good month. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to get bonus content. Mm-hmm. You're going to get fire regular episodes. It's going to be the shit dude it's we're not gonna have time to do anything else and i love it legit we're gonna have to quit our jobs it's on the horizon yeah it's on the horizon um if our instafeet accounts really take off then you know we're not gonna need jobs so hopefully fingers crossed yeah um if any of you like feet i feel like our feet are top notch yeah i mean we have great feet um i get a pedicure every Two or three weeks. If you want to see, we'll just let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I think we're batting around the idea of doing limited edition spook season merch. I have to sneeze. As I was so rudely interrupted by the sneeze. Now I don't because I said it out loud. That bitch. Um, Yeah, we're batting around the idea of the limited edition spook season merch which i think we we will do absolutely um so we're gonna get those ideas together yeah i would say 
we should probably have that available mid-September. So you can order your merch in anticipation of absolutely the month of October. So you can be prepped and ready. Prepped and ready. So um, Laura and Ariel. Ooh. Beautiful. That was lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. You know, our music and our artwork really, really takes us to the next level. Absolutely. It makes us look like we actually know what the fuck we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could only see us right now. Dude. Well, you look like it's actually presentable. I look like a fuck right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's just the jeans. If I were wearing that's, different pants, I would not look. That's true. Yeah. You know, you know what? Put Get your bottoms on. together. Get your bottoms together. We hope you all have a wonderful fucking week. Um, yes. I'm sure we will. <laughs> you know what? The next episode you hear is coming. This Well, this episode is going to be this week. But next episode is technically my birthday episode. Yeah, just a day late. So... This is my birthday month, and, you know, this coming week is pre-birthday week. Right. And then the week after is going to be birthday week. So, you get two weeks of birthdays. It's heavy. So, you know. My mom's birthday is this weekend, too. Really? Yeah, the 16th. Wow, she's two days before me. Yeah. What's crazy is that my friend Amanda has the same birthday as me, and Mm -hmm. we're the same age. And her cousin Liz... Has the same birthday and is the same age. Weird. So we do our birthday. We do something for our birthday together every year. (laughs) It's my entire life. I lived my whole life until my early 20s knowing absolutely no one who even had a July birthday. Mm -hmm. And then... Now they're coming out of the woodwork. Now they're just coming from everywhere. They're like, oh yeah, I was born on July 18th, 1990. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're we're done now. So, you know, be kind to each other and stay weird. Bye. Goodbye.